Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Today's episode of She's All Fat is brought to you by Tomboy X. We love Tomboy X, you love Tomboy X, and fall is just around the corner, so why not get yourself some new fall underwear? Tomboy X has lots of styles, cuts, colors, and prints from bikinis to boxer briefs to trunks, as well as super comfy bras. And all options come in extra small to 4X. Whatever kind of underwear you want, Tomboy X has got your butt covered. The materials they use to make underwear are all eco-friendly, from the quick-dry, moisture-wicking fabrics of their activewear line to the super-soft, micromodal fabric in the neutrals line. We also love that Tomboy X works with women-owned factories and makes sure that everything they make is ethically produced. We stand a comfy, cute, ethical undie. This is a new code, so listen up. Go to tomboyx.com saf Two zero one eight, and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. She's all fat listeners get an extra fifteen percent off with code SAF twenty eighteen. Again, code SAF twenty eighteen for an extra fifteen percent off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. TomboyX.com slash SAF two zero one eight. Um, I've always wanted huge boobs, but like everyone who has huge boobs tells me that I don't really want them. <laughs> um, so you just feel gaslit about your own experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, <laughs> Sophie. I'm April, and this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss Sabrina the Teenage Witch, bras, and the intersection between fat and non binary identities. <laughs> April, what are you obsessed with this week? Okay, I am obsessed with number one, YouTube drama. Oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> so if you know me, you know that I love celebrity gossip, and to me, this is just another branch of celebrity gossip. Yes, because it's like more accessible because they put all of their lives on the internet for me to watch, and it's like a shorter time period. Like a YouTuber could be famous for like one month, and that's it. Yeah, and so like you have that one month to really watch their progression. So, my new hobby when I'm like, you know, on the toilet or like you know, bleaching all the surfaces of my house the three times a day that I do that. (laughs) I will um, search, like, YouTuber blank lying for two minutes straight videos. (laughs) And it's my favorite. Like, it'll be a YouTuber just being like, I'm not wearing a weave. And then they put a picture of them, like, getting a weave or whatever. And they're like, they're a liar. So my favorite (laughs) one is a clip I'm going to put in that I showed Sophie the other day. So I met her at BeautyCon LA um, last year in 2015. And tells the online world she died. I don't know why or how she died, but most people are saying that she got bullied in school really badly and um, it pushed her over the edge. I don't know if that's 100% true. It was 100% not true. It's so wild. (laughs) I don't know why she would do that. Oh my God. (laughs) So I watched that about 15 times. I just think it's so funny. I love the beauty guru drama. I don't know who Laura Lee is, but I do like watching that snot fall into her mouth. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Um, I just love YouTube culture. I think it's ridiculous. It's and weird. It's also very bizarre because my older sister has a lot of kids and they're all like preteens. And whenever I talk to them, like they don't watch TV at all. They just watch like vloggers. Like, Not they... the one you live with. No, no. My, I have another. We both have an older sister who has several children. And I'll be like, what are you watching these days? And she's like, well, I like these vlogs. And I like Shane Dawson, even though he's very problematic. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, the teens really are not watching TV. They watch like The Kissing Booth on Netflix and they watch vlogs. I've actually been kind of worried about that lately. I'm in, also like, concerned. In like a very old person kind of way. Yeah. But like I've read a lot of articles basically about how many teen boys are being what's the word radicalized by jake paul not by jake paul Hmm. by like incel videos and shit like how a bunch of schools have started to have issues where like one of the boys will like watch one of these things about how feminism is a cancer and then all of a sudden all these teen boys who like otherwise wouldn't really have access to like these ideas 
are like refusing to like you know hold the door open for other students or something oh like my that. God. Yeah, it's weird because both the internet both has has clearly democratized like so much mm-hmm. amazing stuff. But number one, it also allows terrible ideas to spread places that they normally wouldn't. Like the anti-vax movement is almost entirely like spread through the internet. Um. So anyway, the internet is bad, but I do like making fun of YouTubers. Yes, it's amazing. And I do think they're ridiculous. I love it. Um, the other thing I'm obsessed with this week is the show 90 Day Fiance. Do you know about this? I do know about it. It stresses me out, so I haven't watched it. It's horrible. But again, like, I just need garbage in the background while I, like, Swiffer, Swiffer, Swiffer. You know what I mean? Like, calm myself down by, like, pledging. Mm-hmm. So um, my sister and I are watching the most recent season of 90 Day Fiance on TLC. Here's the premise. So two people fall in love, usually on the website OkCupid. Even though they can't say it on the show, they'll be like, we met on a site. Like, it's OkCupid. <laughs> so they met somebody. Could be plenty of fish. Exactly. Or maybe plenty of fish. They met somebody in Morocco um, on the internet. They fall in love. They travel there to, like, make sure their love is real. And then they file for a K-1 visa, which is basically, like, somebody can come to America and they can live here for 90 days and you need to marry a U.S. citizen within those 90 days or you get deported. So they, like, come to America and they have to meet their family and their family's always like, what are you doing? How does the show find out about them? They apply. I don't know why they would apply to be on the show because it makes them look so foolish. Why would they make their parameters for who they're interested in the whole world? Instead of local. I don't know. I have no idea. a lot of questions already. No, very true. It's like some people, yeah, I don't know why some people are more, it seems like some people also targeted certain countries. Like there's a couple guys who like only wanted like Russian wives, which, okay. okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, right. But um, it's just really funny because like there's always one person in their family who like they'll be having a civil dinner and then their brother's like, I can't believe this. (laughs) Like you're using him for a green card. And then she has to be like, I'm not using him for a green card. And she's using him for a green card. But also what's he using her for, you know? Yeah, he wants a a wife. There's a scene where like this guy brings a wife from Thailand and he introduces her to his like adult daughter. And the adult daughter, whose name is Ashley, says, I know you're only here to cook my dad Thai food and fuck him for free. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a nightmare. Her dad just has this face like, Uh... don't talk about my sex life like that. It's horrible. But anyway, they all actually marry these people. Sometimes they actually seem like they might be in love, but usually everyone's being exploited. Jeez. But I love it. Um, I love watching relationship shows. I refuse to have a relationship of my own. <laughs> so those are my obsessions. What are you obsessed with this week? So I have two videos I want to show you. So the first thing is, together, we're going to watch the promo for The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh, which the Netflix is one? The new Ooh. Netflix show starring Kiernan Shipka. Oh, my God. Who is going to be playing Sabrina like it's going to be like Riverdale plus witches, I guess. Ooh. Okay, have you seen this trailer before? No. Okay. What, I'm we're watching it right now. Okay. okay. Oh my god. Wow. Love a demonic teen drama. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so excited. I will okay. watch that, but I am scared. In the original series and the books based on the original series, I did both. I like read a shit ton of those books. It's very, um, you know, goofy and yeah. like fun. It's really fun to rewatch. It's on Hulu. And I've been like rewatching a lot of old apps, especially if you're interested in sitcom writing. Yeah. It's really good sitcom writing. Classic. And the characters are like so vivid for yes. like a 20 minute sitcom. I love that show. So there's like the comic Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and then there's like the these ones, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which mm. is like the darker version Ooh. that the show's based off of. So I'm hopeful that it'll either be good or bad good. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm down for a hate watch, but I, I want her to do well. I like her. It drops on October 26. Maybe we oh, can watch shit. that. Just in time for, for Halloween. Halloween. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm pumped. I think Kiernan Shipka is so cute. I think she's a great actress. I didn't watch yeah. a lot of Mad Men, but no, me in either. film school, they made made us analyze like several scenes that she happened to be in and she was really good okay so yeah so i'm really excited for that also 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 very excited for friend of the pod julia murphy oh yeah oh my god like her the adaptation the movie adaptation of her book dumplin which everyone should read we'll be talking about it more in our episode on fat YA and fat books. They've made it into a movie and Netflix just bought it and it's going to be coming on Netflix. And I am so so excited. excited. It has the girl starring in it who was in, um, is it Patty Cakes? Patty Cakes, which I felt problematic about, but, uh, she was really good in it. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, Dolly Parton's in it. And That's an icon. <laughs> like, I'm there just for that. What's her name, who is uh, the iconic comedic actress, Kathy Najini. Oh, yeah. It. My Lebanese queen. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm very pumped. I'm just really pumped. Great. Like, we've been so sad about our fat rep. I know some people felt differently about all of the things that have come out recently, but we were not happy with them. No. And so I'm so... I'm just so excited. And also, like, Julie is just such a good person. <laughs> I just really, really like excited. her. So excited. Okay. And then this is the last thing. Okay. I watched this Facebook video on the toilet, as okay, we do. as we all do. Okay. So there's this show called Bayer Bail. Okay. <laughs> it's a prank show with a scary situation that one person in the couple, like, knows about. They're trying to see if their partner will bay meaning try to save them from the scary <laughs> thing or bail meaning just run away. Yeah. So this one is like there's a like an exorcist style uh situation where there's like a scary ghost girl. We just we'll watch. Okay, I'm ready. watch it. I'm Andrew and today I'm pranking my girlfriend Samantha. I have told Samantha that we are coming to babysit my coworker's daughter. What did she say that she had on the phone? She was really really vague about it. I thought that was a flu or something. That's not like the that. flu, Andrew. That's not what the flu looks like. Olivia? You okay? Hey, I think We're done. This is so funny to me because, like, I, I'm not laughing at it in the way I think you're supposed to laugh at it. <laughs> okay. Which is like, um, ha ha, like these idiots got scared or whatever. Okay. It's so ridiculous to me. Like, number one, if someone did that to me, our relationship would be over. Over. Because why would how you want me to suffer? <laughs> like, how, also, how would you trick me to that amount? Yeah. Like, there have been a couple of things Victor didn't tell me about in, like, as a surprise. And mm-hmm. my reaction is always like, how did you hide this from me? <laughs> I don't think pranks are funny. I never think pranks are funny. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, like, very small. Mm-hmm. I don't think that making people upset is funny. Mm -mm. Maybe that's just my anxiety disorder talking. No, I'm the same way. That's why I'm like, why would I pay to be scared on a roller coaster? Why would you take advantage of me? Uh, (laughs) Like, why would you want to see me suffer? Like, I just, if you were going to be scared, you have to choose to be scared. You know, like, that's the reason. There's like, I'll I'll enjoy watching thrillers sometimes, Mm -hmm. but like, I would, I never want someone I trust yeah. to betray that trust. How could I trust you ever again? Okay, here's the other reasons I think it's funny. So I watched like five of these. Okay. Number one, there's always a couple. First of all, these are mostly straight couples. Okay. And heteronormative like straight couples. That would make sense. There's always one where the woman is the one who set it up and she's like, he says he's a protector, so I guess we'll see. And he immediately bails <laughs> every time. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, interesting. Uh, and like, you know they're going to fight about Break it later. with him, girl. Like... <laughs> What a mess. If you're judging your relationship on if your partner will, like, punch a ghost for you, (laughs) I'm sorry, but, like, (laughs) what? That is so foolish. It really, it just really made me laugh. I just think it's so, it's so funny to me that people would be like, yeah, I want to see what my partner will do when faced with a ghost. (laughs) What? Before I marry him, I need to know that he'll drag me away from the ghost. (laughs) What What are you doing? And so I sent it to my family group chat and I was like, would you bay or bail? (laughs) I gotta know. Would Victor bay, you think? Victor would bay. I I mean, I would like to believe he would bay. He would. I think the reason I know he would is that like when I first started having night terrors again, like the first two times it happened, he like leaped out of bed, grabbed the pipe he keeps by the bed just in case and was like outside trying to like figure out what was going wow, on. A pipe? So he's like very, he was prepared. You know what you I mean? You don't need to test him on Bay or Bale? No. And then all the men are like, babe, we're on Bay or Bale. Like she's supposed to know what that is. Right. She's <laughs> like, what? 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 what is it? Um, Isabel said she thought she was like, you would definitely bail because it reminded her of the time that when we lived in Pennsylvania and we had to clean the cat boxes out when they were in the like unfinished basement, sometimes I would like make her clean the boxes and then I would go downstairs and be like, Isabel, something's changing in me and pretend to be a zombie <laughs> and follow her around the basement. And she was like, the fact that you would do that makes me think that you would bail. And I was like, really? Because I committed to the bit, you know? My sister would bail. Really? She's done it before. There was one time where we were cleaning out the garage and we found a dead rat and she pushed me towards the rat and then ran a block up well. the street. <laughs> so no, she would not <laughs> take care of would me. Would you bay or bail? I bail as well. You bail? I'm, I'm inherently selfish. <laughs> yeah. And I'm working on that. Um, 
Anyway, wow. amazing. Yeah, so that's my that's my newest dumb mental game of the week. Would you bay or bail? Anyway, um, all right. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Let's move on to our shout out corner. Um, thank you so much to those of you who left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Please keep doing that. It really, really helps us in a myriad ways. Myriad of ways? In a variety of ways. In a whole bunch of ways. One of those ways is that leaving us a nice review makes us feel good. And another way is that it helps us get noticed. And another way is that when people are deciding whether or not to advertise with us, they look at how many like positive reviews you have. Just helps us a lot. So we really appreciate when people go on and do that on any app that you use, but specifically it helps a lot on Apple Podcasts. So here's the usernames for some people who have left us a lovely review and, and we appreciate you. Um, M-G-O-T-A, Badger Wi-Fi, I Hate Watermarks, V Norris Dietz, and Hey, What Happened? (laughs) Funny name. Love these names. Love these people. Thank you so much. And now we're shouting out our Patreon shoutouts. These are people who have gone to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod and become patrons and supporters of this very podcast. We love you. And also, if you haven't heard your name yet, it's because we're working our way down the list. We've, so. we, um, unfortunately slash fortunately, we have a lot of patrons, yeah. which is very exciting, which just means, you know, maybe in two years we'll whisper your name. <laughs> but we will say your name. Just <laughs> we if you absolutely join, say your name. If you join now, just don't be looking next week. It's yes. not based on the week before. No, but we will say your name unless you ask us not to say your name and then we won't say and that's name. fine. Um, so we have Val Woodbury, Gillian Freeman, Casey Curry, Kristen, and Elizabeth Sutty. Thank y'all so much. Thank you. Now we're cruising on over to our tip jar corner. We have a little audio tip jar in here from Mahana who sent us her beautiful voice back in May. We really love all of your emails and voices, and we listen to all of them, and <laughs> it's our goal to have responded to all of them. And One day that'll happen, but (laughs) until then, here is Hannah. Hey, April and Sophie. I'm a straight-sized listener. I love the show. I was recently re-listening to the episode where you talk about how you wish straight-sized people would go shopping with their fat friends more often. Um, And from a straight-sized Hannah to the other straight-sized Hannahs out there, like, what are you doing? Go shopping with your fat friends. First of all, they do it for you, so you should do it back. Second of all, I don't know if you know this, but when you go to a store where you can't buy anything, you don't have to shop. You just get to sit down. You can just sit outside the change room and say things like, ooh, that's cute, rock that crop top, etc. It's the best. Why aren't you doing it? Um, the next thing is we um, are doing another call for submissions for uh, this season. As you know, we are doing intersections of identities that we don't personally have. Me and April don't personally have. So we're doing one about um, parenting, fat parenting slash raising a body positive child. Neither of us have children or want them in the next several years. <laughs> Sorry, <at> mom. Least. <laughs> um, and so we get a lot of questions about how to raise a body positive child, and we're always just like... Yeah, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) So um, if you are a parent who is trying to do that or you're like someone who trains people or you're a therapist or something like that, you have ideas on this, go ahead and send us a voice memo. You know how to do it. We say it later in the app. It's on our Instagram. It's on our website. So please go ahead and do that. Also, regarding the super fat episode from a couple weeks ago, we got an Instagram DM I just want to read a small part of from somebody who also went to Wellspring Fat Camps, who which is like where the person we interviewed, Alex, went. Um, this person says that they had like a totally different experience from Alex, which is really interesting to me. They went in 2005 to a version of the camp in upstate New York, and the camp was really focused on therapy, and they did like group therapy and one-on-one therapy all the time. And um, she says, quote, for someone like me who grew up as the largest kid around, it was revelatory to meet and interact with fat kids who were normal people talking about boys and sex. And then she clarifies too, this isn't meant in any way to devalue or erase Alex's experience. Just wanted to share that when I went to fat camp a long time ago, therapy was awesome. So that's interesting to me. Like I, you know, still think the idea of fat camp, which is like send your kid away so that they lose weight Mm -hmm. is like fucked up, but it's also different to be like, you know, send your kid to get therapy for if they have like, you know, eating disorder or something like that. Therapy is great. Therapy is great. We're very pro therapy. So it's always interesting to hear other people's experiences with the 
places they send fat people. Totally. I'm curious. I really wanted to go to fat camp when I was younger, so it's interesting to hear what it was like. That's funny. Um, I'm glad I didn't end up going for the record. Yeah. (laughs) Also, we want to mention the Patreon Facebook group. You can be in the Facebook group if you are Patreon at Team Paisley Moo Moo or above. It's a great community if you're looking for a place to talk about body positive stuff or other stuff. People talk about all sorts of shit in there. Um, This week, people are talking about diet culture pet peeves, Implementing Hayes, Health at Every Size, Policies at Work, and how excited we all are that Julie Murphy's Dumplin' is going to be a movie, as we said. Shout out Very to Julie. Very excited. What an icon. An icon. So exciting. Um, we also want to put a little plug for our team, I Love Bread and Above. That's people who pledge $15 or more per month on Patreon. They get an extra segment that we will record in the next 20 minutes just for them. And the theme of that segment, by the way, this season is Blast from the Past. So we're sharing stories from our past that you won't hear on this podcast unless you are Team I Love Bread and Above. Yeah. So go to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. And also, if you're just, even at just $1 a month, you get extra audio every week so thank you and also thank you to all of you for listening to us push the patreon every week like we appreciate it and we appreciate all of you for like either joining or just like listening Mm -hmm. because we are independent and so we make this with the help of the patreon so we appreciate you either way shout out to y'all now we should really get to the meat of it don't you think let's do it The meat of it. This season, we're spending several episodes talking about the intersections within fatness that we ourselves, April and Sophie, don't personally experience. So this week on The Meat of It, we're talking about the intersection of being fat and non-binary. So um, we have a couple amazing interviews this week. We have an interview with Jay, who is our friend and our other friend, Carissa's partner. Carissa, you will remember at Fat Girl Flow, she was our season two closer. Um, And we are really lucky to have a wonderful chat with Jay, who is at Comfy Fat Travels on Instagram and at Comfy Fat on Twitter and on YouTube, um, who is fat and non-binary and a blogger and our friend. So listen to this interview. Jay was super gracious. They're awesome. They're really funny. And they helped us learn more about this intersection. So let's go. Jay the Fat. All right. So please actually tell us who you are and what you do. And we'll include this in like the intro part of the interview. Well, I'm Jay. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. And I am a fat activist and blogger. I uh, founded the URL or whatever. I founded the site Comfy Fat. And I talk about fat accessibility and have fun with talking about intersectionality and such. Um, so just to start, could you give a brief definition of what being non-binary is or what it is for you? So for me, being non-binary means that I just did not feel comfortable being confined to the rules and restrictions of being placed in either male or female gender and category. So I struggled with it and felt like I couldn't really figure out what my gender was for a while and found out that there was an option to be (laughs) non-binary. And that felt the most comfortable and wonderful. So yeah, it just means that I, I really don't want to be seen as male or female or categorized as such or have any connotations put on me about my gender based on what I look like or what I sound like or what I do for a living. Um, I just like fluidity. So, yeah. Does non-binary for you feel like a fluid, it feels like a fluid thing and not like a solid state? Yeah. I think that's an interesting question because I feel like for some people being non-binary means they can sort of feel more masculine or more feminine. And some people are very adamant that non-binary is like a third, you know, totally separate gender. And I, I love knowing that I can use the words masculine and feminine to talk about myself and not have it mean that I'm set in one way or the other. And it doesn't really change day by day. It's just like, there really are no rules. That sounds chill. <laughs> I feel like, it's very chill. I mean, I'm happy with it. Jay, you and I have talked about this before, but I just think being non-binary or being trans or being trans non-binary It's just such a hard thing for cis people not to, like, understand in a, like, I understand your words way, but just in a, like, if you, you know, if you've never questioned something, it's like, 
oh, am I dumb? Should I have questioned this a long time ago? What is this? What am I? What's every... <laughs> like, it just all of a sudden, it gets so... It's just confusing when you're like, oh... What what am I what am I even exactly because <laughs> Sophie and I talk about this a lot where the way you just described like how you know you're non-binary I don't know that I could describe how I know that I'm a girl I yeah. just feel like I'm a girl and I've always related to it but I can't put it into words like as clearly as I've heard a lot of non-binary people be able yeah, to do same. it so basically we just are like in awe of your self-actualization yeah. and that like, seems cool <laughs> oh god thank you so much that means the world to me. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely feels very like, huh, well, (laughs) you know, what's being a human? It it has taken a long time, and I don't think that I've, like, fully become self-actualized and that I know myself to the very core. I think there are days when I I still question and and I'm not totally sure about where I fit or what I want to be, but I'm okay with that. I think that's the point, is that I'm, like... I'm ready to tackle it and I'm down with the gray. That's kind of what I like to say is that I'm down with the gray for a lot of things. And I think people totally can wrap their heads around that in sexuality terms, you know, like for a while there in history, it was like, you are either straight or you are gay and that's that. And then people were like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, I'm bisexual. And it's not that it was like new and that it came out of nowhere. It's that we finally put words to it. And so that's kind of the simplified version of what I like to do to like relate it to gender is like, you know, you could be cisgender, you could be trans, or you could be, you know, non-binary or a bunch of other things, you know? So we're just finally putting language to it. Totally. And I think that that helps people put it into perspective when they're like, I, I don't know how, why do you question this? Like they have a hard time wondering, like figuring out why we would question it. And yeah, I think that helps. It's much easier, I think, versus people to understand, like the easiest Wait, and I think for me is to be like, well, I know for sure I'm not a man. I don't know how I know that, mm-hmm. but I know I'm not. It's just mm-hmm. harder, I think, to define what what you are, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so cool. So how do you think being non-binary intersects with being fat in your identity or in your life? First of all, I think that the pure discovery of being non-binary was so impacted by my fat body and being fat and being a super fat. And I think that's because of, you know, going through high school as a fat person is like kind of traumatic and, um, you kind of have to like do what you can to survive. And so because of that fat phobia and fat phobia and internalized fat phobia, I sort of distance myself from my body and from anything gender really just to kind of get by. And I didn't have any sort of relationship with gender at all. Um, I knew that I was like confused and nothing really felt right when I was misgendered in any direction. Um, but I, it just took me a long time to feel comfortable exploring and I don't want to make it seem like, you know, bodies equal gender, but I think for me knowing what kind of body I wanted to have in the world and what kind of perception I wanted to get back from folks, like how I wanted people to receive me, how I wanted people to perceive me rather, um, I really, I wasn't able to explore it. And so that was the biggest thing. I think fat phobia really like fucked me over and trying to figure out gender. I really wish I had known about non-binary identities much earlier in life and also practicing body positivity and like learning about self-love a lot earlier in life because that would have really, really helped me. I think it's really interesting to hear you talk about how those journeys like mirror each other because I wouldn't assume that, but that actually does make a lot of sense. So I'm wondering, I've seen on Instagram story, you talk about how on your YouTube page, sometimes you struggle with ways to talk about being non-binary and or fat at the same time. So I'm wondering what has been the hardest part in trying to introduce these topics to your audience and trying to like communicate how you feel like what, what do you think is the hardest part about talking about it? I think, I mean, being a blogger that talks about any kind of identity, you're just putting all of your vulnerabilities on the table. And that's so scary. And the internet's kind of like a horrible place. Like it's wonderful. And so many good things come from it. And also people really feel free to say whatever the fuck they want at any time. And you have to, I mean, we all know that, like, we know the YouTube comments are like the worst place. It's like a whole nother hell. And I think it really challenges my like self-love to put myself out there and have people not see me. I really, really value being seen. The people in my life who see me like truly know who I am and, and validate that make me feel so safe and loved. And so when you put that out there for even more people to like question and challenge, 
um, that's the hardest part. And so I've tried making videos talking about it and I end up deleting them before I post it because I'm just like nervous and feel like I am rambling and I don't know how to get it quite right. And something is always going to piss somebody off, you know? I think that people don't realize like how vulnerable it is to be in public with your face on it, talking about your personal experiences. So I just want to say, I'm glad that you continue to try and that you make yourself a resource and visible. Cause I know that it's so hard. Like I, I get it. Um, thank you. So thank you for sharing that. Um, what are the things you face from the intersection of being fat and non-binary that people don't face? Yeah. Either people who are non-binary, but maybe straight size or people who are in the fat community that are cis? I think for being non-binary, I feel like you face a lot of just like illegitimacy issues. Like people really think it's just like not a thing and that you're like confused. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from people and I feel really kind for calling it feedback, but you know, some hate from people talking about how I'm only non-binary because I'm fat, which I think is really interesting because, you know, there's this whole thing about like how, fat bodies become sort of androgynous sometimes to folks. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't define it because you're rounder, then what are you? And it's kind of like, I mean, it's just a struggle. I I feel like that's a a unique, a unique struggle for fat and non-binary folks. And I I think also feeling burdensome for being non-binary, you know, the language that I really ask folks to use for me is, new like I said it's like a new thing and so it's really hard to feel like you're a burden to folks and I already struggle with that personally with like just who I am (laughs) I really wish I mean I'm hopeful that in the future just as I think like fat acceptance and fat positivity are becoming like slightly more mainstream like I've seen a lot of progress in the last couple years I hope that like more discussions about gender stuff that like include education about non-binary identities becomes more mainstream. Like if the people who are kids now were just told like, you could be a man, you could be a woman, you could be non-binary, you could be genderqueer, you could be anything. And then they'd be like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be confusing to people, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. Cause I feel like that's actually kind of how kids do react. I've had a couple instances where kids of different ages, but most specifically Carissa's niece, um, she's five. And just correcting pronouns to a five-year-old is like really funny because they kind of just like make a confused face and then like go along with it. And yeah. and that's totally okay because it's like a big concept. And also, you know, when it came to actually explaining it one day, she couldn't figure out if I was a boy or a girl. And Carissa said, guess what? Jay's not a boy or a girl. Jay's something else. And Francesca is her name. She was just like so amazed by that. And then, you know, really wanted to go to Old Navy and buy clothes. So (laughs) planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It immediately did not matter that much. I have a distinct, again, gender is not bodies, but I have a distinct memory because I grew up with just my mom and sister pretty much, like in that I was like, you know, watching change and whatever. I think people who have, you know, cis brothers feel differently about this, but like I remember my mom telling me what a penis was and being like, sounds fake, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? Same. (laughs) So, like, I still think that. I think. Yeah, it seems bad. <laughs> my mother has never said the word penis to me, by the way, and she's a nurse. Well, so oh my God. It's I never mean, coming up. So I just kind of think, like, if if we just, you know, talked about it differently with kids, they'd be like, 
whatever, we literally don't care. <laughs> and then people would be normal about it, you know? Right, absolutely. I mean, I would hope that's like a very simplified version of like what would happen. But I truly do. Like I have such a strong memory of my mom explaining like heterosex uh, and then being like, sorry, what do you want me to do eventually? Like, what is it? Uh-uh. No, thank you. And what do they look like? Why? Like, um, anyway. So what do you um, love or celebrate about being fat and non-binary? I, I love being non-binary and having a partner who is so understanding of non-binary identities because there's just no role restrictions you know like in a relationship I get to be whatever feels right and we get to communicate a lot about it and it's not assumed that I am going to act or say or be one way or the other the dynamic is just completely um, fluid and and unrestricted which is something I really really love I think it also makes me um, understanding and not not to say that I like (laughs) I'm so much more realize like you know than everyone else but I do think that being non-binary and finding such a safe place in being non-binary makes me more apt to be understanding of where gender feels and not fitting in any boxes really like I I feel really open-minded and I'm happy and excited to learn more and so uh, yeah that that's really great and then what do I celebrate about being fat? I mean, can I be real? I think fat sex is, like, amazing. <laughs> I am super wholesome, but I am open about talking about, you know, things like this when we're getting yeah. real. But I just think that, especially because we're two fat people who are really interested in accessibility, we, like, really want to communicate about what works and what doesn't and how to make it the most comfortable and, like, best experience possible. And, you know, I think that growing up, I really, like... I didn't have any representations of fat people having any sexuality at all. (laughs) Um, And so it's been really amazing to date a similarly fat partner because, like, it's just, I feel empowered. You know, we feel empowered by our sexuality and intimacy. You know, it's not just about the, like, hardcore banging that is really wonderful. It's like, (laughs) it's like... I don't know, just being in love and being close to another person and and simple things like, you know, for all of my life, like nobody touched my stomach, you know, even just like in a hug or whatever, cuddling, like people would avoid that part of me. And I sort of took that in as like, oh, they're supposed to avoid that when really that was just their discomfort with it, you know? And I mean, we're just like happy to touch each other anywhere and it just feels so safe and loving. That's so nice. That is beautiful. (laughs) Um, I I stand. (laughs) I hope you know I stand. Um, There are a couple of things since we've been talking that you've mentioned that make you feel really seen and supported and understood. And I'm wondering what other things from, it could be from your family or from friends or from partners that they can do to make you feel seen and supported and safe. I think what stands out to me most is when I can see family and friends kind of taking it a step further. And what I see is like going above and beyond when really like I would hope that folks would do this, you know, as a baseline. But um, as far as being fat and being an ally to someone who's like a super fat, I think the biggest thing has been when friends like scope out a venue beforehand or give me details beforehand about a place they want to invite me to and say, hey, do you want to go here? Um, they have really great seating. Like, just knowing that they have thought about this so that I don't have to, so that I can stress less and be excited more to be invited places. And as far as, like, being non-binary, using gender-neutral language to start off with people, which I think is really hard, and I'm also still learning how to do, like, not assuming someone's gender, even if it seems super obvious to me, even if I'm super plugged into the queer community, um, not assuming and just using they, them pronouns to start off until I find out otherwise. I think that's huge. And I really like appreciate the people that are in my life that do that. Um, I have another question. I wonder if there's any resources that you point to, like, let's say you have somebody in your life who wants to understand you better. Is there like a go-to book or movie or TV show or YouTuber or anything where you're like, here's a good starting off point for them? That's a really great question. I haven't necessarily found a one stop shop kind of place my go-to is just to tell people start following trans folks start following queer folks you know start following people of color like really diversify who you're following and what kind of media you're taking in 
And I mean, there are YouTubers who are non-binary or use they, them pronouns or who are trans, but they're also really thin. And so the representation is like, it's really hard because I think it's a super unique intersection, right? I don't have like a one-stop place that I'm like, this is the thing we need. Uh, maybe I'm, you know, trying to kind of be that. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> You can absolutely be that. And people just honestly need to see themselves in one person and it makes such a difference. So that's why I'm so excited that you're out here doing it because I really do think that's important. Oh, thank you. What do you think that, I feel like the fat positivity movement in general centers at uh, probably like mid to small fat, like white uh, cis women's bodies. Mm -hmm. So what do you think we could be doing in general to like help put the focus on both more diverse, I guess more diverse bodies is the wrong way to put it, but uh, but uh, put more kinds of bodies in the spotlight and um, put more marginalized bodies in the spotlight as well. I think everything's super gray, right? Because we want allies to speak up and use their platform for good. I know that we like all talk about that, <laughs> but at the same time, when it silences marginalized bodies and um, folks who are out there really trying to get their get the word out, get their experience out and be representation. It's hard because, you know, the, it, it feels really shitty. I was just like talking about this on Instagram, but how I felt like, man, I want to read these awesome articles and these resources from people, but I can't relate. And I, and I don't want to have a negative attitude about them. I want to feel positive and let everybody have their shine, you know? Um, but what I try to do is just like regularly showcase folks that I think are, are not being heard. And I have like a small following. And so that's what I would hope other folks would do too, is like, do your thing, keep, keep talking about what you want to talk about, keep, you know, being an ally and, and stuff. And then also set aside time to raise voices of others. Um, Last cue on my end, I'm wondering, you said you've been making an effort to follow more people with your intersections. Mm -hmm. Do you have favorite like Instagram accounts and they could be like fat non-binary people or just like any accounts that you like that we can share with our listeners? Okay, I will send you a few because there are people that I specifically like search up on my Instagram, which I don't do much. I just usually like go with the feed, which is kind of like ridiculous because like the feed, you can't trust it, but <laughs> I will send you some because there are people that I love and who inspire me. And that's the biggest thing is I, I love finding more people who inspire me. So I will hook you up with a few. Okay. So we will be including Jay's favorite Instagram accounts in the show notes this week. And nice. then just finally, is there anything else that you want to add or that you want us to talk about or that you wish we had asked about? No, I mean, I feel like y'all were so thorough and wonderful and I feel so chill about this. I was so nervous, but I'm not now. <laughs> so that's great. So you can find me at Comfy Fat Travels on Instagram and Comfy Fat on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. I finally got monetized. So I'm excited about that. Ooh, incredible. Ooh. All right, we will have all those links in the show notes. Please check out Jay, and thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yay, thanks, Jay. We also have a clip from MD Spicer Sites, who we interviewed for the season premiere of season three. Um, we chewed the fat with them before, and they are a non-binary educator and activist, and they also gave us some amazing resources that we can use to learn about the experience of being non-binary. So here is that clip. Building Allies, the organization that I have volunteered for a long time with, um, they're amazing. They're based out of Los Angeles, but they, um, Kyle Sawyer, he's a um, trans-identified um, activist, and he does work all over the country. They are an amazing storehouse of resources. Um, the website is www.buildingallies.org, and they have a really amazing media page um, with interviews, mostly interviews with Kyle. You know, an applicable article to just about any type of marginalization is the infamous um, Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack by P Peggy McIntosh sort of like a starter read and it's really centered around white privilege, but, um, we use it with building allies and it really, it really does apply if you just sort of insert marginalized experience here. <laughs> There's another article that's called how to tell the difference between real solidarity and quote unquote ally theater. And I think 
it's a really useful read. I think it takes apart like how to not just um, be performative in your allyship, but really um, come into solidarity. A couple of my favorite videos, Kimberly Crenshaw has a TED Talk on her theory of intersectionality, and I think that's really important foundational um, resource um, when you're considering um, identities outside of the binary. There's a awesome uh, video on YouTube, and it's called Janet Mock Flips the Script, uh, addressing a reporter who has asked her to prove her womanhood, which I think that's amazing. Um, there's a, a awesome organization. It's based in LA, but I mean, they're on social media um, called Q Youth Foundation. Um, they promote a positive culture for folks outside of the binary and for uh, queer identified folks. Wow, that's an amazing amount of resources. That's so helpful. I I feel like it was not that long ago that any mention of like anyone gender non-conforming or trans, it was like Degrassi. And that's all I knew about it. Like as a cis person. They got to it first, but we're definitely still lacking. So thank you for sharing such like a literally a wealth of information. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think that's it. Thank you so much for taking the time to walk us through all of this. This was so helpful. Finally, we have our listener voice memo. So we put out a call to our non-binary listeners to send in voice memos about their experiences, what they wish people knew about being non-binary and fat, and anything else they'd like to share. So thank you so much for your generosity in recording those and sending them over. And here they are. Hi there. I am a recent super fat and a non-binary gender fluid femme daddy. As someone who expresses their gender through fashion, I oftentimes find it really hard to find masculine clothing to fit me because it's just not built the same way and it's not prepared to handle the distribution of my fat such as in my chest, hips, and butt area. No matter what I do, I cannot hide them and that oftentimes leaves me being perceived as a woman. And It almost feels like in this extremely gendered world, everybody else owns my body. When that is not the case, I own this gender flux body, and I am exactly who I say I am. Dealing with everyday dysphoria from strangers misgendering you is really rough, and that's why I think it's really important when you first meet somebody to ask pronouns in a respectful manner. Hi April, Sophie and the SAF crew. My name is Hannah, I'm a 2 to 3x size fat depending on the brand and I identify as gender miscellaneous. I don't necessarily feel comfortable defining my gender as something that it's not and that's why I don't really use the term non-binary or gender non-conforming. I think that there are a lot of fundamental flaws in our language around gender but that's for another podcast entirely. I didn't understand my identity until I turned 25, and I didn't come out until then either. For most of my life, I spent a shit ton of time, energy, and money over-identifying with femininity and never, ever feeling comfortable. Feeling as though I had to make visual and tangible excuses for my fat body rather than just being fat and comfortable. I always felt that because of my size and that because I'm cis-presenting and passing, I had to conform my appearance to something that was feminine and something that was palatable. And I've realised that over the years internalising all of this negativity and not having access to the LGBTQIA plus community and all the info that comes with it as a teen set me back about a decade in terms of emotional development. So anyway, that's my life. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that, but that's certainly my journey. All right. So now that we've listened to all these beautiful non-binary voices, Mm -hmm. what are your biggest takeaways? Um, Just that this is an area where I don't feel like an expert and I don't feel super educated. And I'm really glad we did this. Like, so I can continue to pursue learning through these resources and like becoming a better ally and a better person. 
Absolutely. I'm happy we did this episode and we're doing episodes like this to sort of model what it looks like to try to be an ally and try to grow because I don't want people to think that it's like you're, you're, you know, foolish if you don't understand exactly what this person's experience is like. It's more like we're coming in kind of day one, just like anybody else. And we want to make our space an area where people can learn in, in a respectful and educational way. And so I'm happy people can see kind of what that looks like. And I hope people enjoyed the people we interviewed because I thought they were all amazing. And finally, I just wanted to talk about how we pledge to make SAF an inclusive space for non-binary people um, to continue making it that space. I think we can just continue to try to make sure when we spotlight people or when we have faves that we are including other people than just cis people. Yeah. What do you think? I think, yeah, that's, that's the main thing is trying to bring in as many voices for as many other experiences as we naturally can with the pod. Because for me, it's like everything we talk about on the show is through our specific lens and through our specific experience. And like, I don't claim to be an expert on anyone else's experience, but I really want to hear about them. So I want to continue to make more areas in the show where we can bring in more voices and all grow together. Like I want to support and make it easier for more people marginalized by gender in this specific way to tell their story. So it becomes more normalized. And, um, and on their own terms. Yes, exactly. That's really important. Um, so that's another thing I'm interested if anyone has like a good resource for that, that would be great. So yeah, we're going to keep working on it and feel free to continue to hold us accountable. Our audience is pretty <laughs> good about that. So great. Um, but yeah, that's the meat of it for this week. We've solved how to listen to non-binary people. Is that what? I don't know what we've solved. <laughs> we've... we've um, Explored the intersection of fat and non-binary. You're You're welcome. welcome. (laughs) Today's episode of She's All Fat is brought to you by Rose Marino Candles, a one-woman operation from the beautiful mind of Rachel Whitcomb. If you know me in April, then you know we love a delicious smelling room, and Rose Marino Candles never disappoint. We're literally burning one right now. Yeah, we're we're burning mulled wine, and it is the best smell I've ever smelled. Um, Rachel uses a specially formulated blend of soy waxes, which create super long-lasting candles. And when we say long, we mean it. My delightfully smoky campfire candle has literally been burning for six months, and I use it all the time. I love how adventurous Rose Merino candle scents are, and I'm constantly in awe at how Rachel seems to knock her scent blends out of the park every single time. I'm currently absolutely loving the fancy shampoo and the succulent candles, and black tea has remained one of my favorites for months. Not only do we love Rose Marino's legendary scents, but we also love Rachel's commitment to sustainability behind the scenes. There's no plastic in any of the products and all packaging is either reused, made from post-consumer waste, 100% recyclable, or biodegradable. She's All Fat listeners can get 20% off and free shipping on their first order by entering code SAF at checkout. Just head to rosemarinocandles.com, fill your cart, and enter SAF at checkout. That's R-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-O candles.com. The link is in our show notes. I really want people to buy these. I'm going to go use our own code. <laughs> like We're very serious. These candles are incredible. They've got the wood wick. It makes oh. the nice sound. They smell so good. It's pretty. It's got the like white outside with the like pretty little writing. It's just, they're it burns just forever. good. And I usually don't like super sweet scents and mm. these are not too sweet. Nope. They're just like just the right amount and they don't smell fake and they're great. Get so, you some rose merino candles. Get Go some now. Go right now. <laughs> and now it's time to ask a fatty. If you want advice, you can send a voice memo of yourself asking a question to fyi at cheeseoffatpod.com. You can record it on your computer or the voice memo app on your iPhone. Just keep it short, about one minute max. Or if you're shy, you can send us a plain old email at fyi at cheeseoffatpod.com and we might answer your question right here on the show. This week on Ask a Fatty, we have a very special letter from Hannah. Hi, April and Sophie. As a young plus-sized woman in my early 20s, I've always struggled the most with one particular item of clothing, bras. Back in middle school, I developed really quickly, and my cup size became way bigger than my waist size and quote-unquote out of proportion. It's hard for me to find cute or sexy age-appropriate bras in my size because newsflash, Only two stores actually carry my bra size. Could y'all please share what your bra experiences have been like? Thank you. Okay, thank you so much for that question. Hannah, I have a lot of thoughts about bras. 
Fun fact, I used to work at Victoria's Secret in high school and in the beginning of college. So I've touched a lot of bras. I've measured a lot of people for bras. Let's see. I used to, the beginning of my journey was just like buying bras the same places my mom would buy bras. So like, I feel like Lane Bryant, they don't last that long, to be honest, but like they they cover a, a wide variety of sizes. So that's nice. I used to get just like sports bras at Target. But as far as like cute bras in larger sizes, where I would go to for that now is like Soma. I don't know if you have a store nearby, but there is a website where they you can get like, you know, a cute little like lace detail. Yeah. Um, they have nice like push-up ones that aren't painful because sometimes if you have larger boobs, a push-up bra is just like, that's too much. Like it's like shoving a balloon into a can. Jeez. <laughs> That's how it feels. Also, I just found out that Third Love has extended their sizing. So now they go up to band size up to 48 and then cup size up to K. Okay. So that is pretty wide. And I usually don't hear about people extending that far up. Um, but yeah, as far as cute bras, I would, I, all my bras are very like utility. Like I have like flesh stone or black bras. Um, but for cute ones, I would go Soma. Tell us about your, your bra journey. You're like a bralette icon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've always wanted huge boobs, but like everyone who has huge boobs tells me that I don't really want them. (laughs) Um, so you just feel gaslit about your own experience. And, um, (laughs) but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't care as much now. I used to care a lot before, especially when I felt very like uneven. Mm-hmm. in my like proportions or whatever but it's kind of bullshit so whatever I was bullied like really bad in elementary school not really so much in middle school but there's this one kind of mean girl who like she told everyone that I needed to use two tampons at a time and um, I remember reading that <laughs> yeah and then she also one time on AOL instant messenger she messaged me like just so you know you need to get a bra like it's time and like I'm telling you this like for your own good wow and I was like oh, okay thank you oh my god yeah and I was like so embarrassed um and that's when I started wearing like bralettes but I didn't even really need them mm-hmm. honestly just, why, like, why did you do like an intervention chubby. for you yeah I was just chubby and like you know in seventh grade if you're chubby then and you don't even if you don't have boobs you have like boob flaps yeah you just have some fat in that area yeah Yeah. um but they weren't real developed boobs anyways i wore a lot of bras from the gap um until i sized out of them but i just constantly reorder like the plain black bralette like lacy bralettes from torrid they're like so comfy it's just like wearing a shirt under my shirt they're not push-up or anything like i definitely look flatter when i wear them but I kind of don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to wear underwear. I'm freelance. If I'm going to push my <laughs> boobs up, it's got to be for someone to see. It's not true. Not the dog. <laughs> like, these days, and I've never used to be like this in the past, but these days, truly, an underwire is, like, a special like, occasion. Why? Like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to do I'm not doing that. I'm, like, very frequently braless these days. Yeah. Much to my mother's dismay. But guess what, Mom? I'll do what I want. Like, my, my two go-tos for shopping resources are always Carissa Fat Girl Flow has, like, any kinds of shopping resources you might need on her website, and we will link to that. And also, I follow this person or mutuals with this person named Cora Harrington on Twitter, who is a, like, a really cool black lady who does, um, like, lingerie stuff. Mm. Like, her book and stuff is like written in a way that's very inclusive of all sizes, which is amazing. And um, we'll link in the show notes to an article that she shared one time that was like, here's like some resources for plus size bras. Mm -hmm. And I saved it because I trust her because I think she's very thoughtful and cool. Yeah. She's the lingerie addict, I think is her website. And she's very cool. Being body positive about things has really like we've said before, it makes the answer for a lot of things like, I don't care yeah. more than like, I feel very positively. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't give a shit anymore. I want to wear a bralette because it's comfy. Yeah. It saves a lot of time, honestly, yeah. to just sort of like let these things go. And that's different than the utility of like needing to find a bra because, by the way, wearing the right bra size can like affect whether or not your spine is like right. aligned correctly. Back pain and stuff. That's important. But it's just as far as being concerned about what your boobs look like to other people, yeah, it saves time by no longer caring. Because I cares? used to be like, oh my God, everyone can tell my tits are totally different sizes. And by the way, they are totally different sizes. <laughs> but you know what? I no longer have time to care about that. Um, well, I hope this was helpful to you, Hannah. And let us know if you find good bras that you're looking for and pass it along and we'll make it a tip jar. Um, that's it. Thanks for the letter, Hannah. Thank you. Now let's move on to It's Okay You Can Ask, where we get extremely nosy, but it's fine because we have each other's explicit 
permission, permission <laughs> in this space. We'll find out the answers to our burning questions like, why are so many white people using natural deodorant? <laughs> or what does sucking your teeth sound like? Okay, so this week it's my turn to ask a question, and I have a question. Here's the disclaimer. Okay. Number one, I know that you're only speaking from your experience and not everyone's general experience. So, like, please don't take this as this is an entire intersections experience. It's just Sophie's perception, okay? I'm just asking a question because I'm curious. I just don't want anybody to misconstrue, okay? One time we were together and we had an interaction with a person who was very beautiful and afterwards you made it clear to me that it was like they had clocked you as queer, you had clocked them as queer and you had a like an interaction based on that and I was standing right there and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. (laughs) So, again, not speaking in generalization, so just speaking in your personal experience, like how... How could you tell? Like, what was going on? Well, first of all, there are things that queer people do that are, like, signifiers, Mm -hmm. you know, of queerness. And there's also just, like, like some of it is conscious and some of it's unconscious, Mm -hmm. you know? I have been clocked as queer now that I realize I am. Okay. In a way that I don't know that if I was before, I I wasn't noticing if I would. Like, sometimes you can, like, somebody comes out or comes out to themselves and you were like, yeah, you kind of seemed queer before. Do you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Um, But I don't know if I was doing that or not. I don't, like, have a good sense of it. But I'm not consciously doing anything different to put it out except there's slight I have slightly different behavior I guess like just kind of the same way that you would be able to tell if a man was interested in you okay like if they were like looking at you in a certain way or like the way that they approached you to talk to you in a certain way but with queer people in general I feel like it has been much less threatening for me for sure. than straight men. <laughs> it's better scary. Which is not to say that, like, you know, there's definitely, like, harassment and assault and stuff within queer communities. But especially now that I am more known to myself as bi and interested in women, when women have – women or, like, you know, femme of, of center people have approached me, like, to just chat or, like, I think there's, like, a thing going on, it's much more, like – Fun. Okay. Yeah, it seemed fun. <laughs> like, I felt like I was missing out on something. And it's not my place to be a part of it, but I was like, wait, huh? It, it can be very easy to create, like, quote-unquote sisterhood with other, like, straight women. Mm-hmm. You're in a bathroom, and you're like, love your shirt, yeah, whatever. Exactly. And you know what that feeling is, and it's very, like, we're not interested in each other, but we're, like, connecting about this thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is a cousin of that, because okay. you are interested in each other, but I'm not afraid of other women. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Does interesting, that make sense? Interesting, interesting. And again, this is, yeah, like you said, this is just my experience because yeah. there are plenty of people who there's like predatory, whatever, oh, for whatever, sure. or like bad, you know, things, weird, weird things that happen, especially I think when people are like, I'm in a relationship, so I don't like hit on people because yeah. I'm not trying to like cheat on my boyfriend. Exactly. But, um, it is, I think it's fine for people in relationships to like flirt. I think mm-hmm. flirting is fun. And I think it's fun to have like little flirty passing by conversations with people. I don't exactly know what it is that I'm putting out now, yeah. but I know I am putting it out. You're putting out a vibe. I put out people a vibe pick somehow. up the vibe sometimes. Yeah, people it's pick wild. it up. I don't know. Yeah. It's like all the things that a straight man would do to a straight woman, except like way less. And <laughs> not usually as scary. And it seems more thoughtful. Not aggressive. But, like, more intentional. It's more like a bid. It's yeah. like, hey, mm-hmm. are you interested in talking? Yeah. Instead of, like, I want to talk to you, so I'm going to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember after the interaction I'm thinking of, so we were at a spa, and you were like, oh, I knew that they were just hitting on me because they asked me for my skincare routine but didn't write down any <laughs> of Product. Well, she like touched my cheek. Yeah. She was like, You have beautiful skin. It was like amazing to watch. You're yeah. like being caressed. I was like, Should I call the police? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what was going on. No, it was very flattering. It was amazing. It I was loved fun. I loved being a witness. Um Yeah, I don't know. I think part of it's just I feel now now that I realize I'm bi, I'm just more open to like anyone being again, I'm not I'm in like a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. But I now I'm like, I could be attracted to anyone. Mm-hmm. Anyone could be attracted to me. It feels just like a vibe. It's just a vibe. And I wish straight men were much better at reading vibes because I am never wanting a straight man to talk to me in that way. <laughs> They're like, well, you want it because I want it, no, right? Never. Horrible. Never. Um, 
Well, thank you so much for letting me into your world. I'm just so curious. Sorry that I don't have a better answer. I'm just a baby bye still. Ooh, baby bye. <laughs> Do you want to put that on a button? Baby bye. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> just always say, I mean, always be marketing. Like, ABC. Always be closing. <laughs> like, how can we market our experiences? <laughs> but yeah, you know, non-cis straight men flirt with me. I love it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, Maria, please leave us in. We've done this podcast for a full year. I don't have a single love letter. I don't have a single... Well, actually, I have one person. But I don't have, like, somebody who's, like, hot and in love with me because of this. I don't, I've never gotten a love letter from I, the podcast. I, no, I, why haven't we? Wow, that's a good question. Well, you're aggressively straight, and I don't think that many straight men listen to this podcast. Um. Anyway, thank you so much for sharing. I love thank, hearing yeah. about this. Thanks for asking. It makes me feel very cool. Really? Okay. It's cool to, like, have something that you don't have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's enough. (laughs) And that's our show. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to FYI at she's Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us, Sophie Carter-Kahn and April K. Quio. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was mixed and edited by the iconic Maria Wortel. Special thanks to our fairy intern mother, Lynn Barbara. Our Facebook Instagram and Twitter handles are at Choose All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your pods. If you know April and I, then if you... (laughs) Maria, Maria, use this as the outtake. She just made such a little uppity-ass face. (laughs) What, Sophie? If you know me and April... (laughs) Can you kill me? (laughs) Sorry, but... Sorry, Okay, make it good, Sophie. If you know us, it's the object. Okay. Oh, my God. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.